0: Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Psalms, the 34th division, verses 15 through 19. The psalmist here, David, is reminiscing on some things. And he's actually doing what we normally do in our praise and worship experience. He actually is inviting people to magnify the Lord with him and to exalt his name. And then somewhere down in there, he, he wants us to be reminded of something, Verse 15 says that the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Sticking with Psalms. Read Psalms one hundred thirty nine verse number two and then if you would rapidly move to the New Testament in John two and twenty four. Thou knowest my downsetting and my uprising. Thou understand my thoughts afar off. Saint John two and twenty four. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. And last but not least, in Matthew 6 and verse number 8. And this is where we will get our text from. Matthew 6 and verse number 8. It's the latter part that I want you to hone in on. It says, be not ye therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. Be not ye therefore like unto them. He's referring to the hypocrites. He's referring to the Pharisees and the Cedric seeds in their manner. Be not ye therefore like unto them. For your father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. Eternal God, we are so grateful and thankful to you for this day. This indeed is the day that the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. So, Lord, help us today not just to be a hearer, but to be a doer of your word. And Lord, your servant truly needs your anointing in this day. Help me, O oh God, Lord Jesus, to be found decreasing as we watch you increase. And Lord, let that anointing that is known for destroying yokes and fetters, let that anointing be Lord prevalent in this place. And when everything is said and done, souls are saved, people are delivered. We'll remember to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Let everyone say, In Jesus' name. name. Before you're seated in Matthew 6 and 8, just the latter part, it says, For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. I want to minister to you from this thought. He knows. Turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, he knows, he knows more than you think. God bless you. You may be seated. He knows. He actually does know everything. He's all-knowing. He's omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. He knows where you are without GPS. <laughs> Hallelujah. He, he, can, he can hone in right now. And know your address. I'm saying to you, this God that knows knows everything about you, even to the hairs that you don't have anymore on your head. <laughs> no, seriously, statistically, do you know how many hairs that we lose when we wash our hair? And the Bible says that he numbers the hairs that are upon your head. And so if he knows that, and he also says he knows the sparrow when it falls. And so my brothers and sisters, guests and visitors, how much more should he not know what you need? I submit to you that God knows exactly what you need and how you need it and how much of it you need. As we begin to to look at the accounts Uh, There are a couple of things that I will bring into play, if you would, because I need you to understand that uh, prayer is very important. I was uh, sharing with the new converts and we were reading in our lesson how God used the medium of prayer to answer your needs. And I know and I I did a poll of the class and and they, they might be laughing right now within themselves. But let me ask you this. Is there anybody in the house? That needs something. If you do, raise your hand. Now I'm telling you right now. If you didn't raise your hand, I ain't looking at you. But you're lying. Everybody needs something. And and if you you really believe that that you do need something, well, I submit to you that the medium of prayer is how you get your needs met. So the question on the floor is, why don't we pray? <laughs> Let me move on from there. Let me ask the question. Is there anybody in the house of God today that has prayed maybe the same prayer day after day, week after month, or week after week, month after month, and maybe even year after year? And we might even call ourselves helping God to remember how much we really need and we desire this thing so can I just be real with you a moment we are anxiously waiting for the Lord to act on our request we're like the proverbial saying I'm like a kid at Christmas (laughs) I can't wait God I I know you're going to do it and we're anxious we're waiting Ah, for him to answer that request but we find ourselves a little anxious to the degree and then it causes us to move from being anxious to being annoyed at him seemingly lacking the swiftness in action in attention to our request <laughs> there's a, an account in the bible of a old widow woman she came to the judge she began to plead her case that Lord judge excuse me uh, there's something I need you to do I-, I need you to act on it and if you, you know the account the Bible says that she went to him several times and is known as the unrighteous judge and it said that because it was letting you know this was a judge that didn't fear nobody. I don't know if anybody in here ever been to court, but in court, do you know how some of them judges can be? I mean, they can be arrogant. They can be just downright nasty. Here it is, you, you about to get some time. He said, what I want you to do is count how many red cars is out there. He said, why are you ask me that? Okay, I'm counting. How many did you come up with? 10. You got 10 years. This judge has no regard for God. And he says that. This lady is coming to me again and again and again. And and right now she is wearying me to the point I'm ready to give her her request. It had nothing to do with that she served God. Because he said, I don't care about nobody. But it was because of her persistency. See, somebody, you, you need something from God, but you're not persisting. You ain't coming to God on a day-to-day basis and, and saying, God, here I am. I ain't going nowhere. This is my situation, and I need some help. I'm telling you, the Bible is full of people that do petition God again and again. There's nothing wrong with that. But precious hearts, can I just simply say, at some point in time, in all of that, Lord, would you do this for me? And Lord, would you do that? You think you might want to muster up some praise in advance? <laughs> you think you might want to say, well, Lord, I don't see it, but I believe it. I don't see your hand in it, but I know you're moving. And just begin to thank him for what you hadn't seen yet. We, not, we may not openly admit or outwardly say these words. But you know the questions that you got right now rolling around in your mind. And it usually occurs when our circumstances don't seem to be improving. It's when our problems keep on piling on and on. And it's sort of like Job. The Bible said that one catastrophe after another happens to Job it says while Job is dealing with one situation here's another servant come and say Job I got some bad news and then before he finishes another servant said, Job I got something else to tell you your children all dead before he finishes that Job I got something to tell you your cattle and everything is gone the Morton's company made a millions on this when it rains it pours Somebody right now, you've got these questions, and they usually are promoted because our circumstances don't seem to be getting any better. It just seems like our problems keep getting more and more and more, and you know those questions that we may not say out loud, they sound something like this. Do you see me, Lord? Lord. Do you even hear what I'm saying to you? Do you know what's happening right now in my life? It's amazing how we'll put God on front street like that when we don't do our part. We want so much from him and we give him so little. I'm not expecting nobody to swing from the chandeliers and run around the church on this message. I just want you to understand how is it You always want to take out of the pot, but you don't want to put nothing in the pot. How is it you always want him to feed you, but you're not present when the table is spread? He said, come and dine. You won't even come to the house of God and hear what thus saith the Lord for your life. He has some plans for you. Oh, yes, he does. In Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of good and not of evil. To bring you to an expected end. I, I got some plans for your life. But you're not allowing me into your life. Constantly stopping me. There's a song by the. The song is by Jeremy Camp. And I really think it speaks to the questions that I just said. And these are his answers. It says, He knows every hurt and every sting. He has walked the suffering. Let your burdens come undone with our eyes up to the one who knows. He knows. Let it be known to every man, woman, boy, and girl that's sitting in this place right now. If you would just receive this message, I'm telling you, if you would just receive the message, God does see you. He does. Your situation does not cloud God's vision from peering down from heaven and seeing you. Unlike GPS, Unlike GPS, how many of you know the weather can mess GPS up? You know, you, if anybody ever been traveling and you depended on GPS, and you put it in there, and I mean it's going good, I mean you riding, you cruising, it's telling you, turn right, turn left. Man, I got it made, we we're almost there. And all of a sudden, the signal cuts out. The weather acted up. And now there's no more signal. <laughs> Unless you know where you are going. You stuck like Chuck. You, you got to pull over and, and what happened? You see, you depended on GPS to, to know your location. But I want to tell you, God knows your location. He knows right where you are in your situation. Oh, yes, he does. He knows it. So, if you, if you would just embrace and internalize the message, God does see you. He hears your prayers. Can you imagine every time you pray in earnestly? If you pray and believe, you shall receive. <laughs> oh, I always have me one or two people to clap on that one. Not, not for me, but for the word. If you believe, You shall receive if my word abide in you and you abide in me. You shall ask what you want and it shall be done unto thee. But you got to have some word inside of you. You got to have some kind of relationship. (laughs) Stop treating prayer like it's an option. My class, he said that in class. Well, I need to say it to everybody else. Stop treating prayer like it's an option. You know? Well, I don't feel like it today. Had a rough day today. Had a bad hair. No, I ain't got no hair. Had a bad hair day. So I ain't praying. Okay. So you don't feel to pray. But the word said when you pray, not if you pray. But when you pray, pray like this, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is. Well, time out. If anybody prays that and you say, I, I'll be praying like Pastor, if you just stop and think a minute, he says, Don't be like the heathen. They think because they pray with so many words that they're gonna be heard. Or because of repetition. <laughs> If you just repeat, our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. All you're doing is repeating. There's some principles in there. There's some adoration in there. There's some confession in there. There's some repentance in there. Some thanksgiving in there. What he gave you was a blueprint for prayer. We always say it's the our father prayer. No, it's your prayer. He don't want you to pray that. He wants you to get the concepts and the principles. I said it but it's worth reiterating. This is the kind of message if, if you would just embrace it, internalize it, you'll see that God does see you, that God does hear your prayers. And oh my God, how he cares for you. You know how I know that? Because he said in his word to cast all your care upon him for he care for you. The operative word in that is all. Some of y'all, y'all carrying around some luggage that don't even belong to y'all. That's why you're back all out because you're trying to carry something. Just give it to him. It's a stress release. I promise you. Some of y'all are walking around stressed out, but you're talking about, I'm too blessed to be stressed. No, you stressed. Because you won't cast all of your care upon him. He said, I careth. T-H on the end of the word means continually. No matter how many times you come, he still cares for you. I'm about finished because y'all just like oh, what are he talking about this morning. If you, if you would just embrace it, just get a hold of it. It shows you how God sees you, how he hears you, and how he most certainly cares for you. Above all. Somebody say above all. Above all. He knows. He knows exactly what you need. Remember, Jesus was, he has this propensity to meet people right where they are. See, that's why I tell people, let people come in here just like they are, tore up from the floor. God has a way of meeting them right there. And he will touch them. He will minister to them. There was a lady, we call her the Samaritan woman. Uh, She's coming in the evening. And she's going to fetch some water. And as she's going to fetch water, Jesus and his disciples had been coming through uh, Samaria. He must need go through Samaria. And, and if you ever just get a chance to look geographically on a map, he didn't have to go that way. That really was the, 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 the scenic route. There was a shorter distance from point A to point B. But he said, "I must need go through Samaria. Why? Because there was somebody there in Samaria that had a need, and he needed to meet that need, but in order to meet that need, he needed to meet them where they were. See, there's some people, they're not where we think they should be right now. That's okay. That's all right. But God knows where they are and exactly what they need. And so he says to them, okay, listen, y'all go ahead to town and and, and go get some food, and I'll wait right here till you come back. So the Bible says he sat down on the well, and as he's sitting on the well, he notices this woman. She's coming, and she's getting water. And he says, excuse me, excuse me, ma'am, can I have some of that water? She looks at him and says, sir, you must not get the 411, modern day vernacular. You must not get the 411. You Jew, I'm Samaritan, and you asking me for some water. I don't know if she did this, but she could have said, speak to that hand. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. You a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan. You know how y'all feel about us? We're the low life. We're lower than dirt. But yet and still you say, can I have some water? (laughs) Jesus said, listen, if you knew who it was that was asking you for water, you'd ask me and I'd give you living water that you never thirst again. Now, I'm going to tell you, what probably excited her first and foremost was the fact I don't have to go to this well no more. Pull up this water. Put it on my head, and go back to the camp. Probably the natural. But he said, if you only knew who was asking you for water, you'd ask him and he would give you living water. And you'd never thirst again. All of a sudden, she got a revelation. She said, give me that water. I want some. Give me a sip of that water. He said, okay, no problem. Uh... Go home to the man that you're calling your husband. And all of a sudden, (laughs) she said, wait wait a minute. Modern day vernacular. How you all up in my business? How you? Don't forget, he knows. That's what I'm preaching about. He knows. So he's showing her, wait a minute. I I I know. You know who you're shacking up. It, it's not legal I know they're saying it's common law but no not with me he even told her how many husbands she already probably already prior had he said cause the one you're living with that ain't even your husband saints he put her right out on front street but it was that she would be able to look at herself and see that she had a need and those men weren't meeting that need I know that's the sugar daddy at end of the month, he come with that check and give you a little something, something. But I promise you, you can make good on just Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to you. I'm telling you, he can meet and supply all your need according to his riches. I'm in the book. Tell somebody he's in the book. But well, she did. She, she went on. She went back to the town. And what she said was this come see a man see when you have this real encounter with jesus you're not ashamed to tell nobody what happened to you see somebody one day told me of the joy they had somebody told me one day that in sorrow they could be glad and then they turned around and told me that they were once blind but now they see and i didn't think it could be until it happened she went back and told come see a man that told me all about myself the bible said the whole town packed up ran out and come to see Jesus. see it's amazing how one life can turn a city around a light that set on fire for jesus a light that sold out for jesus a light that is living holy for jesus she goes back and she tells the town people and they come back and this is what they said. At first we came just because of what she said. But now we see. We see with our own eyes. You know. Hallelujah. I'm almost through. God's words also they should reassure us that the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help turn to psalms 34 and 17 psalms 34 17 in that particular passage it proves it says it shows us how god does hear us he hears our faintest cry he hears us when we are whining and some of us we whine pretty good he hears us when we are burdened down he hears us when we are sad he hears us because that's what he does he listens to the cry of his people Psalms 34 and 17 the righteous cry and the Lord heareth And delivereth them out of all their troubles. Today somebody is in, as they say in the south, a heap of trouble. You got some trouble in the house. You got some trouble on your job. You got some trouble in the hood that you live in. But I'm here to tell you today. He knows. He knows exactly what you need in your marriages. He knows exactly what you need on your job and in your homes. And there is nothing too hard for God. Remember I said this earlier. The medium for God answering or the media that God uses to meet your needs is prayer. Are you willing to cry out to him? Can I get you to stand?
0: Thank you, Father. I got to give you thanks. Because, Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at it now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I got to give you praise. Because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God, and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive. And with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. I'm not afraid to